Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, February 12th, we look at Lesson 7, Jesus, the Anchor of the Soul. Join us as we wrestle with Hebrews chapter 4, 6 and the word impossible and see the fallacy of it in light of Jesus Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 7, Jesus, the Anchor of the Soul, and uh, our memory text actually comes from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, New King James Version. It says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both secure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Uh, so this is once again Hebrews chapter 6, 19 and 20. And Michael, praise the Lord, we have an anchor that's secure and steadfast, right? Yeah, I love that uh, that metaphor of thinking of Jesus bringing stability to our our lives. Yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing to be uh, taken away from him, his glory, and everything he does for us. And so now, though, we're we're entering Sunday's lesson. I really want to get to this because we had a really good discussion about this last semester about this mm-hmm. very text. So, Michael, take us to Sunday's lesson, tasting the goodness of the word. Yeah, so I, I love this because right now, as, as you know, Buster, I'm just finishing up a, kind of a writing project on on Adventism in the 1920s. And yes, I just was looking at an image uh, this morning of of this this huge anchor, right? Right. <laughs> All the turmoil and tumult going on in the world around us. And, and uh, of course, they're trying to communicate the same thing visually that is conveyed in this particular uh, scriptural passage. And I'm going to read from the New International Version. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened and who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, and who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age. Mm -hmm. And so here we have just this kind of uh, reinforcement uh, of of the beauty of scripture and what this means to just revel in that experience, both individually as well as collectively, uh, as as it says elsewhere in scripture, taste and see, right? right? So. We, we can't do it for somebody else. You, ha- you can only do it for yourself. Uh, I, I have a, a student, and I know we're talking about the Bible, but I mean, this could be true of all inspired writings. And, and we're, we're talking about Ellen White. And uh, this sort of an independent study in Ellen White. And, and we're having a lot of fun because uh, just talking back and forth. Uh, and, and he said, you know, I don't know if I actually believe her writings are inspired or not. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why okay. I think... I'm interested in a lot of reasons that I'm not, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm have reservations. And I said, look, you know, um, you have to taste and see for yourself. No one else can convince you whether they're inspired or not. In fact, that's not even my job as a professor. I'm not here to, to convince you about above and beyond all arguments. All I, I said to him, you, you just have to read it for yourself. And the biggest problem is a lot of people don't, actually read those writings they've never actually read them they they think you know they've cherry picked a few quotes and then they, they've read her writings and that's not the same thing 
No, it's not. Even if that's true with Ellen White, it's, it's like a hundred times more true with scripture that with the Bible, we, you know, we can talk a lot about the Bible. That's often what we do. Uh, we talk about the Bible or what we think is in the Bible and we're not actually experiencing a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and that's what I, I think that's what that word enlightened means. It's not that there's some secret knowledge. It's right. experiential. It's a choice. It's, um, it's this idea of conversion, of surrendering one's will to God. And, and it talks about even um, shared in the Holy Spirit that, you know, you can have all the intellectual knowledge up here in your mind. Right. But if you haven't through the experience, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in your life saying, hey, um, awakening that interest uh, and, and just sensing that uh, God's leading through his spirit um, and all of those things together, tasted the, the goodness of the word of God. And, and that's, you know, we had a birthday in our family this week, so we had a lot of birthday cake buster. Go and, Emma. <laughs> uh, Heidi made one of her best, tiramisu, this tiramisu cake that was amazing awesome. and uh you know you, you you actually taste it and of course a homemade cake is like way better than anything in the store anyways right, right. and right. so to taste of it and you're just like oh my goodness this is phenomenal amazing and and uh, you know i think the god's word is just like that too you know once you've tasted of that um it's like well I, I just can't go back there's certain things you just have to have we're you know buster we're in the middle of this ice storm so right. those of you that are listening, we're zooming it in. Um, and we've had COVID issues and all kinds of crazy stuff. So now we're, <laughs> whenever stuff like this happens, we just kind of, it's, it's amazing how we have the technology. We can just zoom it in. But I did have to make an emergency run to the grocery store buster. Uh-oh. For ketchup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it can't be just the generic kind. No, it has have to be to the have good the stuff. Heinz 57, the real stuff. Yes. Because the fake stuff's just not, doesn't taste the same. No. So, by the way, no, nobody's getting any uh, uh, endorsements or anything else like that. It just happens to be really, <laughs> we like real. It's a true story. That's real it. ketchup. Real ketchup. <laughs> and it. so taste of the goodness of the Lord. So um, there's just nothing substitute uh, substitutes or, or can substitute, excuse me, for, for that. Um, well, moving on with the lesson, um, the next topic I see is impossible to restore. Um, what's up with that, Buster? You know, Michael, it's the text that you just read. I'm going to read verse four and verse six, if you will. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> for it is impossible for those, Hebrews chapter six, once again, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened to have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Well, I have to read five too. And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of this age to come. Verse six, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves, the son of God, to put him to an open shame. Now, I, I shared before, this is something that uh, the class and I discussed the last semester uh, in pastoral ministry, and mm -hmm. they were asking, does this mean that if we fall away as pastors that we can never come back? Well, mm -hmm. uh, the author of or the, the main contributor to the Sabbath school lesson this quarter uh, tells us to look at Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, Six uh, Romans 6, 6 knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I'm going to read 524 uh, as well of Galatians. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And so it boils down to this word, 
uh, impossible. And it says that this word impossible means it's actually those who have fallen away uh, because they are crucifying the son once again. Now, we know, Michael, that the only time you cannot come back is the unpardonable, uh, unpardonable sin. But the unpardonable sin is when the Holy Spirit's convicting you, and then you continue to ignore, and then eventually you don't hear that voice any longer uh, convicting you. And so here, this is, not what I, this is not what I'm reading here. And I believe the author, uh, main contributor of this quarter is, is agreeing here. It says, to crucify again the Son of God is a figurative expression that seeks to describe, to describe something that happens in the personal relationship between Jesus and the believer. And that's what it is. When someone walks away intentionally and chooses not to come back, the only way through salvation is not through what that person who's walked away is going to do and saving themselves, but salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, one of our week of prayer speakers this week, we had a crazy week of prayer. It was been amazing, but Christian right? Tarbox, this was his message is yeah. that anytime we try to save ourselves, whether through that's the keeping of the Sabbath, whether it's through healthful eating, it all points to one thing. Jesus saves. That's it. Uh, now we do those things because we love God, but not so we can try to save ourselves. And so yeah. this is what that word is, is talking about. That's where it's, where, it, where it's telling us that uh, it's impossible for us to, uh, it, uh, it's impossible for those who are once enlightened, those who have fallen away, who don't have that personal relationship with Jesus any longer and choose not to have that personal, personal relationship. It's impossible for them to be saved as long as they are trying to save themselves or as long as they are trying to stay away from Christ. But all of us, have the opportunity and chance to always turn back to Christ. And so continue to listen to that still small voice, continue to read the word and don't think that just because you've messed up, well, that that's it. I can't come back to God. And that's yeah. uh, the point I believe the author was trying to make here, both the original author and the author of the Sabbath school lesson. Hmm. So Michael, tell us a little bit about Tuesday's lesson, no sacrifice for sins left. Yeah. Well, I was just about to say, I, that sounds like good news to me because i used to be yes. so scared of that yes no i used to read that and i was like no what is <laughs> what, what if i think something really bad or whatever and then you know um well i guess that kind of actually segues nicely uh to this next passage in hebrews 10 uh, verses 26 to 29 and because i think it's so important let's let's just go ahead and and, and read it uh, again from the niv and it says if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth and there is no sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of god and anyone who rejected the law of moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of god underfoot and who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the spirit of grace mm. and I, I think that just kind of actually really goes uh with what you were saying uh before buster um about the same kind of thing uh first of all trampling the son of god underfoot uh means something very intentional here uh and and very direct in terms of that relational aspect right that that you right. were talking about uh and then uh profaning the blood of the covenant talking about rejecting the sacrifice of jesus and then insulting the spirit of grace which um once again 
the Holy Spirit, you know, shutting down those channels of communication through how God speaks to us. So Jesus, his sacrifice, the Holy Spirit. Um, and the reason that's important is that after a certain point, God's kind of running out of options in how he can reach down into our lives and into our hearts. Right. So really, it's not God shutting things down like, oops, you really <laughs> messed up. And there's, you know, you've been a bad, well, since we work with theology students studying for ministry, right? You know, right. Um, you, you've messed up, whatever that might be. And so your, your ministry as a pastor uh, is over or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, we're, not, we're not talking about people making mistakes. We're talking about people shutting down the channels of communication from the divine to our hearts. Every human being is fallible and makes mistakes. Yes. But when you cut off the means through grace that God has to reach us, then um, after a certain point, you, the danger is, is you just won't be able to sense or hear the Holy Spirit or any of these divine things that God, these divine influences that God has for, for changing you and me in our lives and calling our attention to, to Jesus Christ. And, and when, when that happens, it is possible to, uh, and unfortunately, you know, this is it's one of those sad things we don't like to talk about, you know, that that there will be a judgment day, there will be a yes. reckoning and accountability, and and ultimately there will be some who die without mercy. By God's grace, that doesn't have to be you or me, so long as we trust in Jesus every day. Amen. But, but there will be a reckoning, there will be accountability just in ancient Israel, which is what's referenced here, how much more so for us today. And he's talking about the people in the New Testament, but equally it could be just as much uh, so applied to our lives um, right in the, here and now in the present. So um, that's that's the thing that we have to remember. I think it just builds upon what you were talking already about, Buster. Uh, but uh, at least it doesn't leave us on a negative note that there are better things. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> uh, so uh, better things is uh, Wednesday's lesson. And, and I just want to add this, Michael, before we transition there. I'm in complete agreement with what you just shared. And I wish that sometimes we could make the Bible say we wanted to say, but it doesn't. Yeah. Grace is there, but grace is not cheap, right? Uh, there is accountability. There's responsibility. There's on our parts of keeping the lines of commu communication open because that's what God has done for us, right? He's opened lines of commu right. communication, but we can just as easily close those lines and we're cutting off our lifeline. We're cutting off our means to salvation, which is not through necessarily our actions. It's through our lives being open to God and allowing him to be Lord of our lives. And that's why the lesson here is talking a little bit about better things saying, yes, there's a severe warning of Hebrews chapter four, uh, six chapter verses four through eight, but then it gets into Hebrews chapter six verses nine through 12. And it asks us to read there. And, and Michael, I'm going to read that in the new American standard uh, version. Cool. It says, but beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name and having ministered in the still uh, in still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence as to as to realize the full assurance of the hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So in other words, Listen here, don't get scared, don't give up, don't quit, 
but don't become sluggish either, right? Don't become cocky and saying, oh, I, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist for eight generations and my parents were and, and all these different things and that therefore I can just show up to church and I'm, I'm ready to be saved. No, our, the work the, of sanctification, the work that God is having upon us is a daily work where he is daily working upon our hearts, molding it and shaping it. And we have to leave ourselves open and ready for that but those better things are still to come, which is reaching towards a goal in Jesus Christ of making sure that every day we're allowing our lives to be ruled by him and, and not by the frivolous things of this world. Uh, I love there, especially verse 11, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. And what were they doing with that? Well, they were they ministered and still ministering to the saints. So in ministering to others, uh, that's what it's about. It's not about being in a closet and, and just absorbing as much knowledge as possible, but it's utilizing that knowledge to help and to, to enhance others. Uh, and as we're doing that for others, it's like we're ministering to ourselves. So the things that God has given you, the better things, they're not meant for you to hoard onto, but they're meant for you to share with others and to give out. And in doing so, we're, we're, God is well pleased with, with what we're doing. And uh, so, Michael, that brings us to our Thursday's lesson, which is how is Jesus the anchor of the soul? Yeah, this is a, a great question. Before you move on, I, I just, you know, there's a, uh, the, there's a letter that I read by Ellen White that really Ooh. shocked me one time. Uh, share, and, please and this might be a little bit disconcerting for some people because, you know, the prophetic voice, uh, Ellen, the gift of prophecy through Ellen White, uh, wasn't to make us feel good about ourselves. And, <laughs> it, it, and, and listen here, oftentimes it does and oftentimes it does not. <laughs> so check this out, Buster. Are you, are you ready? Please go. It says, even... This is a personal letter Ellen White wrote to S.N. Haskell. Even Seventh-day Adventists, she writes, are in danger of closing their eyes to the truth as, as it is in Jesus. Mm. And uh, that was written in May of 1896. But this, this is intriguing to me because I, I think part of what this is is that God wants to be in relationship with each of us. And so right. we either open our hearts and we're malleable and we grow, we're growing closer to Christ or we're not. Right. And if we're not, then that's, that's a really sad thing. And, um, and so our, our safety is in Jesus, which again is, is kind of the topic here of, of Thursday's lesson uh, as we kind of are wrapping things up in Hebrews six verses 17 to 20. And I'll just read it, read it really quick. Uh, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. And God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Boy, I almost feel like singing. This is uh, <laughs> words to a, a famous hymn as well, we right? We have an anchor. <laughs> I'm glad, glad you're doing that. <laughs> Not me. And it says, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf and he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so, again, it just kind of comes back to all of this that 
you know, we started out talking about this metaphor. Um, here we have it again, that, that Jesus is what this is all about. Amen. This is what the book of Hebrews is about. The work of the salvation and the work of Jesus in the sanctuary uh, is focused upon Jesus. I know sometimes it's easy for us to get distracted and get caught up in lots of little minutia, but the litmus test of authenticity, if we're on the right theological track, is 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 it leading us closer to Jesus? And, right. and, and the same thing's true with Adventist theology. I don't care if you're talking about the Sabbath or vegetarianism or, or whatever uh, in between um, related to theology or lifestyle, if it's not leading us closer to Jesus, something is dreadfully wrong. But what I love about Adventism is that Adventism at its best, beautiful message we have is intended to lead us again and again and again closer to Jesus. And if it's lifting up Jesus, uh, being a vegetarian should make us more loving and lovable Christians, as as she says in Ministry of Healing, page uh, 590. And the Sabbath, too, should should lead us if it's properly understood closer to Jesus. So that that's just this anchor. And I don't care if it's about our theology or lifestyle or even on a personal level that we need to find ways that connect with our family, our loved ones, that's leading um, us and them closer to Jesus. And people that are with us are like, man, something different about them. And, and it must be, well, I can tell that that they know Jesus and Amen. it's changed their life. Amen. And, you know, um, I, I think that's really the heart of this lesson, this anchor. Um, it's the anchor uh, individually, collectively. Um, and that litmus test, we, we need to practice that litmus test, you know, in, in every aspect of our lives. And, and that goes for me too, you know, I'm, I'm not having it. I haven't reached that point um, every day. I, I, I daily and say, you know, God, what are you teaching me? So I need to uh, uh, constantly uh, learn to surrender and allow Jesus to be the anchor in my own life. And um, uh, that's, that's the beautiful thing. And um, that's, that's really what this lesson's all about. Yeah. You know, Michael, I'll just add, add this, which is, is sometimes, I'll put it this way. It's easy sometimes in the midst of, of everything going well to practice that litmus test. But when, I mean, I know you can attest to this as well. When, when attacks come in, whether that's through financial, familial, whether it's uh, work-related, whatever, attacks come mm-hmm. in, yeah. uh, sometimes that litmus test, it can be more difficult, but I, I mean, there's things I've learned from those around me, colleagues like yourself, Michael, which is taking the high road of falling down our knees, praying for those who spitefully use us, right? Uh, bless those who bless us and, and, and Lord bless those who actually persecute us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning that litmus test of God help me. Is this bringing me closer to you? Even in the midst of attacks is one of the hardest things, but it's the most glorifying things as well that we can do because it's what our savior did for us right before the cross his entire life his example for us was just that that we can rise above with the help of jesus christ love it buster so well i I don't know what else to add to that so i I think we put a wrap for another week hey i believe so all right well this is soup and swoops signing Signing out. out As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. 
We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.